All right, Jan, now we are, are turning our attention to college basketball. I already bitched and moaned about the Hawkeyes, so I don't have to do that anymore, thankfully. I, I probably still will end up doing it. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go through the major conferences, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, the Pac-12, and the uh, the Big East, the Big Six kind of conferences. And we're each going to give a prediction on who we think is going to win that conference. Let's start at the ACC. Who do you think takes home the the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship this year. Right. I mean, for me, it's between Virginia and Virginia Tech. And obviously, you want to go with Virginia um, because of, you know, the program and the history that they have for sure. I, You know what it is, though? I, I, don't, I don't want to go for Virginia. I don't know what it is. I really can't tell you. I think... I think I've just been underwhelmed by some of their performances. And I think Virginia Tech, I've been pretty impressed with how they've played. You know, they're 11 and 2. They're two losses. They had that terrible blowout to Penn State at the beginning. But, you know, everyone's afforded a bad loss. I think that's, that doesn't have anything to do with the team. And they have a two point loss to Louisville, who is a good team, you know. And so I think they got no, wins. they aren't. Okay, but you know what I mean? You know what I don't, I, I know you got some personal stuff <laughs> coming in here. I get it. But. They're a good team, regardless of if they were good for you or not. So, <laughs> oh boy, Matt's salty because he had some betting go sideways for the when he bet on the card. Never so, will forgive them. That's fair, Never. you know. That's I, I think that's fair though. Um, yeah, but I, I like Virginia Tech. You know, they got wins against Miami, Miami, Clemson. They won against Duke, and most notably, they they beat Villanova. You know, like they they have proven themselves to be able to hang with the big boys. You know, I think that they, they play Virginia at the end of the month. We'll figure out then whether, you know, how these two teams stack up against each other. I, uh, I, I love me Kiev, some Kiev Aluma, you know, the junior forward who's averaging like 15 points a game. I think he's really good. I think their team is just a good, solid team. So I'm, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. I just love that one they got against Villanova. And uh, I've been underwhelmed by Virginia so far. They have really good defense, but, but that's really it. And, and, and I, I've just been underwhelmed. I will, I will disagree with you, and I will give you my reasons why. I, I think it is Virginia. I think if there's a dark horse, I actually go Florida State. Um, I think Virginia's 5-0, and Virginia Tech's 5-1. and And then actually Georgia Tech also only has one loss. Georgia Tech's 3-1, and Florida State's 4-1. and So it's, it's pretty close up there at the top, but I, I am going with Virginia. Um, and I think it's because they're starting to find their groove offensively. They just blew out Clemson 85-50 to on the road this weekend, which is an incredibly dangerous side because – we know that this team is always going to be good defensively. Like there's just there's just no way around it. Tony Bennett's teams are going to be good, and they're going to play stout defense. So now that they're scoring too, like I I think they're they're really the favorite. Like if you if you're telling me a if you're telling me a Virginia team is scoring upwards of seventy points a game, they're they're going to win all their games, let alone eighty five. So I think offensively they're kind of finding to start their groove. Um, it was a team that had some some transfers and some new coming in that I think the the you know pandemic. Um, affecting the offseason kind of got them off to a slow start, but they've got their groove now. And they've, I mean, really, you look at this conference over the last five years or so, and, and they've been the team that's dominated the most. It hasn't been the Duke in, in North Carolina, it's been Virginia or, or even Florida State. So I am going to go with the Cavaliers uh, out of the ACC, but we're both picking Virginia teams, which is weird for the ACC. Normally, normally it's a team from North Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I don't I I like the win against Clemson was great, but I don't know if I I need to see one more game. And you know what it is though? Like I, I think the game at the end of this month is gonna determine who wins it between Virginia and Virginia Tech. I like Florida State. I just think Virginia Tech's 
have, you know, been very consistent. They had the one game against Penn State, but, you know, I, I, they also beat Clemson. You know, they beat Duke out. They, they have beaten Villanova, which is something that not everyone can ha- hang their hat on. So I, I'm going to go with the upset. I definitely think that Virginia is the team, you know, Virginia is the team that I would expect to win it. But I, I just, yeah, I just like Virginia Tech. I like, I, I, I like how they play. Yeah, you're probably putting a little more stock in that Villanova win than I am. I'm not, I'm not sold on Villanova quite yet. So, uh, but yeah, there's the ACC. We're going Virginia and Virginia Tech. Let's uh, let's keep it down south. SEC. I'll go first. I'm I'm going with Alabama. And and honestly, when I you know put this in the outline of us making the conference picks, I knew I was going to go with Bama. And I was like, I think this will be kind of a nice sneaky bit like little pick here. But there, there's really no more sneaking up on people in Tuscaloosa. They're seven and zero in the conference. They have a two game lead over the entire pack. I think Tennessee could certainly still give them a run for their money. But right now, I mean, I'm not sure there's a hotter team. You know, Sands, Baylor, and Gonzaga. I'm not sure there's a hotter team in the NCAA. Like Bama is absolutely rolling right now. Nate, Nate Oates has those guys playing tremendous offensive basketball. John Petty Jr. is lighting it up from outside. Their last three games, they've won by an average of 27 points. And those included road wins against Kentucky, who I know Kentucky's down this year, but a road win at Kentucky by 20 is still always impressive. And and then they beat LSU, who was second in the standings, by 30 at LSU. So I think it's Bama. And and I think Bama looks very, very dangerous, um, even in the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I picked Alabama too. You're right. The next closest is Tennessee, but they beat Tennessee already 71 to 63. And they, they did, they handled them pretty handily. You know, it wasn't like a last minute win or anything. They got wins against Florida, Auburn, Kentucky as well. So they're doing it in their conference really well. They're undefeated in conference play. LSU is the closest next and like they're five and two, you know, I, they, they're, and you mentioned John Petty Jr. He's really, really good. Don't get me wrong, but they also have like four different players averaging 10 plus points a game. Like they are, they are very well rounded in the scoring attack. You mentioned the LSU domination this last Tuesday. I mean, thirty point blowout of a team that I was mentioning has a really good score. So it's not like they don't have any firepower. You know, they just dominated them. So we saw Colin Sexton do well in the NBA. A former, a former Alabama man himself, and I think Alabama's on a similar successful road going down. Yeah, I mean, Nate Oates is a great coach, and I, I like. I kind of thought it was unfair when Alabama fired um, Anthony Grant. Like I, I think Alabama Anthony Grant's, Grant's a really good coach, and I think he did a lot of good things for Alabama. So like when they fired him and Nate Oates got to take over, like this is only his second season. He he didn't. It's not like he took over a program that was like absolutely in the shitter. Like they they were in a decent place. Like you say, you get a guy like Colin Sexton to your team, like you're doing okay. Um, and so he's got to take over a program that was in a pretty solid place already. And, and already he's, I think, improving it. So uh, certainly a, a, a very dangerous team. Let's go out West. Probably the, the weakest of the major conferences this year, the Pac-12. Who do you have winning the Pac-12, Jan? Yeah, man, Pac-12, bad in football, bad in basketball. They're just having an off year for sure. Uh, I, I think that you know, when they used to be really good at basketball, like the Pac-12, well, Arizona, the Arizona State, conferences. disappointing this year. UCLA, Washington, Stanford, like the entire conference used to be so good. And the last decade or so has been, I mean, Arizona's had a decent season here and there, but like, it's been just a shit show. It has been a shit show. You said it yourself. I couldn't have said it better. It's been a shit show. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, Arizona, ASU were disappointing this season, especially ASU. Uh, you thought maybe they would do something. But, you know, I, I think for me, I'm going to go with UCLA. I, I, it's between them and Oregon. And uh, I, I think I, I'm really just picking UCLA because they have 7-0 conference record. Oregon is 4-1. and They've had so many games canceled. I don't know if they can really catch up in that statement. I, I like, I've talked about UCLA before. They have Jaime Jaquez Jr., who's doing really well uh, for them. They have six players averaging 10-plus points a game. So, again, spreading the field really well in terms of scoring. Uh, they play Oregon at the end of the month, so we'll be able to see the face-off between those two teams. And they're 11-2. and two. You know, they're pretty decent. Uh, they have a win against Marquette. You know how much I love to see that as a barometer. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with that means That means even more than a win over Villanova. That really does. I mean, Marquette's currently eight and six. I'll talk about them later. No, I won't. But like I, they, you know, they, those teams that lost to them, I, I don't, I, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I think Oregon, I think even USC is still in the mix there, just with Evan Mobley and the young kind of guys they have. Andy Enfield obviously is a terrific head coach, but but UCLA is my pick as well. And I think it's because at the start of this year, I, I was not a believer in the UCLA. I wasn't a believer in anyone in the Pac-12. I, I'm not surprised that Arizona State has sucked. Um, but I wasn't a believer in UCLA. But they finally have adopted the mentality of their coach, Mick Cronin. And that mentality is toughness and D. Like they, they are just going to make the game uncomfortable for you for 40 minutes. It's, it's a different sort of defense than, you know, Wisconsin or Virginia. It's kind of, a, it's a, like I said, it's a little more tough. It's a little more, for lack of a better word, kind of like hit you in the mouth and, and be like, all right, what are you going to do about it now? And, and that team is now buying into that and, and it's showing on the court. Like they're, they're not winning games in some big, you know, amazing offensive fashion or, or by a lot, but, but they just grind it out. And as you said, I mean, they're seven and they're winning the, like, I, I think we, you look at Oregon and their only conference losses that lost to, to, to Colorado, but they just look like one of those teams that, that's going to drop some games and same with USC, maybe drop some games that like they probably should win. I don't really think UCLA is going to do that because of because of Mick Cronin and because the team buying in to his style of play. Agreed. Yeah, I think they they're they're consistent, which in the Pac-12 it's going to be enough. Agreed completely. All right, let's get let's get to Yannick's clearly favorite conference, the Big East. Where are you where are you going at in the Big East? I, I, well, I assume I assume it'll be Nova, but I, I'm excited to hear if you go with Marquette. No, it is Marquette, and here's why. So they're eight and six right now. No one expect. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I would even... love that so much if uh, we stood on the Marquette Hill. I would. I would respect it. And no, I wouldn't. I'd probably rip you apart. But I'd yeah, still kind I'm, of like, respect no. it. Here's what I, I'm not going to stand on the Marquette Hill until March Madness comes around and they barely make it in the comp tournament. And when they do, that's when I'll go Marquette. You're going to see my bracket's going to be busted very soon. Golden Eagles them. all the way to the all Eagles. the way Elite Eight. Um, yeah, I, I think that yeah, Villanova is the best team. I think clearly, like it, I, they're not the most talented team necessarily, but. You know, Creighton's been so inconsistent, and I think that's really the team that can challenge them. And I don't, I just don't trust Creighton the way that they've played this season. Uh, they're great. They'll, they'll, they'll be a team to watch out for. They'll be a tough out. Don't get me wrong, but I think with them doing so inconsistently, I, I do believe in Villanova to win the conference at least. You're right. I have some questions about what they can do in the tournament, but in the Big East conference, I trust them. Their only loss is to Virginia Tech, like I talked about. They've got wins against Texas. We've talked about a really good Big 12 team, and they won against Marquette, always a barometer. Uh, I'm going to hold in there. Uh, it, with the interesting thing, Matthew, they've had five games canceled this month. So how do they come back 
you know, from a lot of cancellations. It, they could be better. They could be worse. You know, we'll see how that affects them. It's, it's going to be hard to say. Uh, but I like Colin Gillespie. I like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. They're both averaging over 15 points a game. So I, they have enough talent to win the Big East is what I'll say. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I mean, as you mentioned, they played their first game since since before Christmas this week. I think Yikes. they played Seton Hall on Tuesday. Their last game before that was December 23rd. And and I think we saw we saw some of that rust. I think the Seton Hall score was like 75, 74, something like that. So it clearly wasn't the most, you know, dominating uh, and clear-cut win for them. But a win's a win, certainly after, you know, almost a month of a layoff too, you'll you'll take it. And they've kind of benefited from their layoff because the Big T- the Big East has had a Big Ten like cannibalization. Shout out to Army Hammer. Uh, like hey. this, he's they're undefeated. Everyone else in the conference has at least two losses already. And so I think even just like coming back, sure, sure there will be that that rust. But like as a team, you have to be thinking like very confidently of being like, man, we already got a two game lead on everybody else. I think I think it is a very very even conference. But I think Nova is, is the best of those those teams in the conference. Yeah, I don't I don't I, think they're the third best team in the country though. Like I, I think I think if they played Baylor or Gonzaga, they it would maybe not get blown out. But I, I I would confidently pick Baylor and Gonzaga. I not only confidently, I would be shocked if they beat Baylor or Gonzaga. I mean, I yeah, we'll get on to the Big Twelve later. But I I, I agree. I think they're much more a team. Like if they were in the Big Ten, I'd expect them to be doing just as well as the other teams in the Big Ten. You know, losing some games they shouldn't lose and winning some games and being in the top there. That's what I see them as. So I, I definitely don't think they're maybe they're top three, but like far be far below the top two. Like far right. below the top two. It's a, it's it's definitely a golf there. But yeah, good enough to win the Big East and and you know uh, an experienced uh, you know coaching staff there. So I, I think that also there's something to be said for that. Without a doubt, yeah. I mean Jay Wright. Jay Wright knows how to win when it matters most as well as anybody yes, right he does. now, uh, certainly. So the question the question of who is the third best team in the country is, is a tough one. I'm not – I mean, because Baylor and Gonzaga look no so much like the best. Yeah, I, I don't either. And, I like, there's times where every team could have a chance to say it, and then and then they kind of come back down to earth. So let's make our way to the Big 12. I'll go first. It, I mean, it's Baylor. How, how, how can I pick anyone else? They, right. they, I know they still have to go against Texas. But the last two games they, they've had, they went into Lubbock and won, and then they they handled Kansas the entire game at home. I know it was only an eight-point win, but eight points didn't do justice of how much Baylor dominated from start to, to, to finish. And I think their offense is just more efficient than Texas is. So in a battle of two teams that do really play, both play really good defense, I think Baylor's more, you know, more efficient play will be the difference maker in those games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was one time a couple weeks ago where we were like, oh, we'll see how they play against Texas. You know, I, good luck, Texas. I would not want to yeah. play Baylor right now. Like, you are clearly the second best team in this conference. I mean, did you see their demolition of Kansas? I mean, my God, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. They were, Kansas was just trying to get in within 10 points the whole game. I mean, it was crazy. Jared Butler is playing out of his mind. He basically heard everybody that was questioning him and has taken that fully to heart. Shut which, me up shut everybody up and they have the most energetic player I've ever seen on the court that is not the star player for the team that's Jonathan Chamoa Chachua just a rebound god in there I I just I love his play and I think that they just are look really great top to bottom and they have a star player and they play for a good team I mean it's 
they're the only team in my head that can challenge uh, Gonzaga uh, even remotely. And I, I, I don't even know if they can yet. That's how good Gonzaga is. But I, I think that, but I think Baylor has skyrocketed in my mind. Before I was like, are they top two? Now they're clearly top two. So I, I think clearly the Big 12 favorites, I'd be shocked if Texas can do anything against them. They just have too much talent and they have too much, uh, too much momentum right now. Yeah, they. I mean, every every question that surrounded them, certainly all the questions I asked of them, they've they've more than answered. It's it's been extremely extremely impressive. They all. I mean, it's just another team that just buys into to everything that they're trying to do. And I think they're also they're a team that like like we kind of saw with Iowa last night at times, or we or we seen with with other teams, Texas against maybe even Texas Tech. Not that Texas Tech isn't a good team, but those those top teams sometimes you start sometimes you start buying into to your own ranking. And you're like, oh yeah, we're favored by ten tonight against this team at home. Like, we're gonna win because that's what's supposed to happen. And it feels like Baylor never, never assumes anything. Every every single time their game starts, they're like, all right, we're ready for a dogfight, and we're gonna earn this victory. And that's a scary, scary thing for a team that's already as talented as they are. Right? They're playing like they're playing like some team that has something to prove, even though they're. I mean, that is scary. That's a mentality. You're right. That is a culture that you can't, is not easy to teach. And the fact that they've all bought into that, and more, most importantly, that Jared Butler has bought into that, that their best player is also there and not just like trying to, you know, position himself for the best, you know, season of his life. I, I'm not picking any team against, I'm picking one team against Baylor. And I don't even know at this point if I would, you know, when they come and meet eventually. But I think that, uh, Good things happening in Baylor for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, do I do I imagine them to go completely undefeated in the Big Twelve? Probably not. Like, they, they there's a good chance they go into Austin and lose. But I think throughout the conference season, it, it, I I think we both would be shocked if it wasn't Baylor sitting on top of the Big Twelve standings. All right, let's get to the final conference, our our conference. It's the Big Ten. Jan, who do you have taking home the Big Ten regular season crown? I'm so scared to talk about this. I have no, I have no desire to talk about this. Uh, here's what I'm saying. I, I, this is what I had before last night, and I'm gonna, you know, every so often a team loses badly, you know. So I, you gotta, and in the Big Ten too. So I, I'm gonna say this still. I have less confidence in it, but just hear me out. I'm going Iowa Hawkeyes, and here's why: the top three teams. I'm, in nev- the Big I'm never gonna be upset at that answer. <laughs> the best three teams in the conference right now: Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. I think you'll agree with me. They all play pretty similarly. They have like a really good big man and and they have good role players around them and 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 that's what they do. You know, they they they've had similar seasons also in a pretty competitive Big 10. You know, Iowa's 12 and 2 in the season, Michigan is 12 and 1, Wisconsin 12 and 3. So they're you know, they're all around there with 12 wins and a couple losses. The difference then between those three teams is going to be the star player. Michigan has Hunter Dickinson. Really great. Wisconsin has Dimitri Trice. Really great. They're not Luca Garza. They're not. Neither of those guys are Luca Garza. And so at the end of the day, when these teams are all eating each other alive at the end of February, whose team is going to be on top when all is said and done? I think it's the player with the best big man. And I think Iowa can still lay claim to that best big man, Luca Garza. So is it going to be like a dominant Big Ten win? I don't think so. Could it be, you know, somewhere in between, like shared? Probably. But I, I think at the end of the day, all these teams are playing pretty similarly. None of them have impressed me more than their big man and then some you know, good team play. And so when you're going, who's the best star player? Iowa still has the best star player. 
you know, they play Illinois end of the month. The next month they have OSU twice in Wisconsin. And then in, in March, they have to play Michigan and Wisconsin. So you'll know then, but I'm still, I'm still going Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm still, I'm still there. I we'll see how much longer, but I'm still there. I, I mean, I, I love that answer, and I, I certainly had Iowa here last night, but I had to change it this morning. They are they are still in a fine position, um, but I am I'm being a little bit of an upset fan. I I, I got to disagree with you on a couple of things. I mean, the one thing one thing I'll, I'll start with is our star player balled out last night, and we lost by twelve at home. Like Garza had twenty eight points and twelve rebounds, but he got no help, which was always the worry about Iowa. So if he doesn't get any help, Luca Garza can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's not going to matter. Um, and I will also disagree with you where the difference is between Michigan, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And that is that Michigan and, and Iowa are far more offensive centric where Wisconsin's defense. And I'm, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I, I think Michigan is going to cool down a little bit. They had obviously a great hot start, but you know, after, after you kind of get off that you know, ride you're on, you kind of do start coming back to earth. And they're also going to be fa- facing a lot stiffer competition. I I think, and you mentioned this earlier in, in the other conference talk, consistency. And, and in a conference where there's going to be a lot of bad loss, you know, foreseeably bad losses or, or tough losses or, you know, equal play and stuff, I, Wisconsin and just being a defensive team looks like the most consistent team to me. Um, they're not, they're not going to blow anybody out. They certainly, I've said it before, the way they play puts them in danger at times because they score so little but they they look like the most consistent team. So I am unfortunately going to go with the Badgers. I wish I was saying the Hawkeyes, but I'm still too upset with them to, to give them the benefit of the doubt today. I agree. I, I You know what? I will agree with you that Wisconsin's definitely a different team in comparison to Michigan and Iowa. Like, Wisconsin's a different team. My thing is, though, like, have they – like, I get defense tech makes you more consistent in general. But, like, they lost 77-54 to in Michigan. You know, they, they let in 73 points against Indiana in a double overtime victory earlier this month, you know, and, well, and double and, double overtime. You're, you're playing a longer game. So, right. No, 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 no. But I'm, but I'm saying points. Indiana, they shouldn't have gone to double overtime with Indiana. They should have beat them if they're such a consistent team. that in, can hold. Indiana just beat us. So I, I'm not oh, really, no, I'm not I'm not really fair. sure that that argument. I, right. I mean. I didn't. I didn't say they were per- perfect. I said they're more consistent than than Iowa and Michigan. Well, I definitely. I. I think. See, they all go on streaks of consistency for me. Like, look how consistent Michigan was starting the year. You know, I. I if we're talking about consistency, they've technically been the most consistent. But I. I think that. I, I think that. At the end of the day, they're all going to be in similar positions. And while I agree that Wisconsin defense is leaps and bounds above ours. I don't. I'm not scared of Dimitri Trice coming into the, into into Carver and 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 scoring on us, you know. And their team isn't. They also have players that don't pick up the slack a lot of time. And granted, they have players that are a little more evened out, but they also have to be because they don't have a Luca Garza. I agree that Iowa has a lot of work to do in terms of their players going around, and it's definitely not an overwhelming favorite above those two. Like I said, they play each other in March. Iowa plays Michigan. Iowa plays Wisconsin. I think those two games are going to decide it. Um, I'm just still not. I, I'm still not convinced about Wisconsin's offensive game. Is why is why I hesitate to pick them. Because it's not going to be good. But I mean, I, I guess more of my ar- argument, consistency wise, is, and I mean, this is just a fact of the sport. Defense is always more consistent than offense. Yeah, it just yeah. is. Like it's just if you're if you're putting your hat, hanging your hat on defense, it's going to be a more consistent thing 
to rely on than scoring. Because sometimes, as we saw last night, the shots just don't fall. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I agree with you. I think Wisconsin is limited. Do I do I think Wisconsin's going to go further in the NCAA tournament than Iowa and Michigan? Probably not. But the way that they play, the way that they just grind it out and, and they know their style, and, and the fact that they don't really have to rely on one guy to score a lot is kind of perfect for a long conference season where you just have to grind out wins. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see in between the three. Um, yeah, I... If Purdue, if Purdue can beat Michigan tonight too, I mean, then it becomes, then it's a, I think it's a three-way tie at the top between Michigan, Iowa, and, and Wisconsin. And it gets, and you know, I mean, Illinois is still, they're still there. Uh, hell, Purdue is, Purdue's as hot as anybody in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, we play OSU twice next month. I am, I have no, I have no kind of confidence that we are going to beat them twice. I think, on the I think Ohio State sucks. I don't mm. think they're good. I mean, they every, look time, good every time I've, Every time I've watched them, they don't, they don't, they, I mean, not sure. They, they struggle to score at times and, and they don't really have a great, great defense. I'm maybe it was because I just saw Purdue kind of handle them at their place that, that I'm not as impressed with them. But, uh, it'll, I mean, it's going to be a battle in the Big Ten. It's and be I think, such a fun uh, battle to watch. I think honestly, I think what is more probably likely to happen is what you said earlier, where there's, there's a tie at the top. Like, I think that's, I think it'd be more likely to see maybe three teams tied at the top than even just have one that's got the best record, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, like I said, March, right before the tournament, we'll figure out what I was made of. Cause they got to play Michigan and Wisconsin back to back. And if they're not ready, they'll lose both. And then that's just going to be it for them in terms of that, that uh, accolade. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's our, uh, our conference predictions in the college basketball world should be another fun weekend. Hopefully, uh, unfortunately there's been, more and more cancellations, so we have our, our fingers crossed that the season can can keep on continuing and, and more importantly, that everyone can stay safe. But, Yannick, let's cross the Atlantic. Talk to us about some of the uh, – give me give me five big soccer games from this weekend that, that you've got your eye on, and uh, you can give me a prediction or not. I don't, I don't really care. Do whatever okay. you want to do. Okay. Uh, I had four. <laughs> I, I had four, but I'll, 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 I'll give you five. I'll find a fifth You can one. give me four. um no i i there there are some good games it's it's a little bit of a quieter week compared to last week but we also last week was crazy so i think that it's it's also fair that we have a a quiet week in every so often but uh right now there's a game going on that i want to talk about as we speak it is the borussia derby between gladbach and dortmund um you know both teams have have had their you know ups and downs this season and it's a famous rivalry. And more importantly for Dortmund, if they lose this game, they're currently tied 2-2 at halftime. If they lose this game, they will have the uh, – they could be 12 points below Bayern uh, halfway through the season. And, you know, I think that's it for them then. So I, I, I Dortmund might lose this one. Uh, it's already you know, it for them. They're not coming back from 10 down. Nine down, though, if you think nine down, let's say they win this game, right? Nine down. Bayern could very easily lose three games. Very easily. They're up and down all They're over. They're 10 the- down right now, right? Bayern has 39. Borussia has 29. Uh, I think right now, if they get the tie, Bayern, uh, Dorman has 30. Then, so the- then they would. Then, oh, oh, you're saying with the tie. Okay. With the tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying right now, just being down 10, like, they're not going to come back. Yeah, I mean. Quit giving, quit giving them false hope. I always, yeah, right. I shouldn't do that. But I think it's still an important game for the title race because then even if they don't come back, 
even if they don't come back, right? Dortmund kind of being in the race, even if it's not great, is like good. It's good. Um, you know, it's good for a lot of different reasons and bad for a lot of different reasons. It's like if Dortmund's not pushing Bayern, then you're really only relying on Leipzig and Leverkusen. And Leverkusen, I also don't trust as far as I can throw them. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out at the end of this game. We've got FA Cup round four action. Uh, two games that I'm particularly looking at, Southampton versus Arsenal. Uh, there's been good games between Southampton and Arsenal in recent, in, in recent uh, memory. So I, I'm excited to see that one. You know, Arsenal, I think they're kind of hanging their hat on the FA Cup. You know, hopefully they can make some fireworks here since they're not doing it anywhere else. It is, it is their competition. <laughs> it's their competition. So looking forward to them moving forward once again. Uh, but they have they have a good competition. I think Southampton could very well knock them out. So I, I think that dude, Southampton is so sneaky good, so sneaky good, so sneaky good. I I agree. I they're so much fun to watch too. Um, always always a pleasure to watch on the pitch. And then you mentioned it earlier, Manchester United versus Liverpool. The replay basically after they played each other in league play. Um, it does feel like a replay. It does, right? It's really interesting. I don't know. I honestly, after yesterday, I don't know what to think of this game. You know, I really don't because is Liverpool just going to come out and be defeated because then Manchester United might might just crush them. Um, and Manchester United, no, how they, how do they come out? You know, they they don't they they care about the Premier League now. They don't care about anything else. They care about the Premier League. They're in first place, and and that's what they care about. So if they lose this game, it doesn't mean anything to them. But would it put an extra emphasis on you know? beating Liverpool again, like, you know, beating Liverpool. That's always, like, a good monkey to get out because you didn't beat them. You, you tied them 0-0, which is, like, fine, and it helped you in the table, but can you beat them? You know, it's always a good – and I almost think – And we're at home as opposed to being away. Right, exactly. And I also think, like, if I'm Manchester United, if I'm Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'm going for it because what's the point? If you lose, you lose, and you're out of a tournament that you don't care about. If you win, well, if you couldn't – I act- mean, I care a lot about the FA Cup. This isn't okay. the English League Cup. I know, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, would you rather win the FA Cup or the Premier League? Which would you rather focus on? I'd, I'd rather win the Premier League, but like I want to make an FA Cup run. I, I think I think it's important that they go for it because we're on top of the league and because Liverpool is struggling so much and it's at home. Like I think I think you send such a bad message to your fans and to your players if if you don't go for it here. Because you should be like we should be the more confident team. We should. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think you should go out there. Don't play it safe. Don't play it as if, like, well, this isn't the tournament. I'm saying, no, throw it all out there against Liverpool. If you lose because you're being too offensive, then you lose. And that's whatever. You have nothing to lose. You you have all the momentum. So go out there and play like you have all the momentum, you know? So I I agree. I think that's what they should do. Hopefully that's, that's what happens. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how Liverpool comes out, too. You know, sometimes a wounded animal is more dangerous than a than – a, than a healthy one. So we'll see how they come out. They're definitely backs against the wall. And Jurgen Klopp is a good coach. So he's he's a motivator. So we'll see what he can do with that team. Uh, I, I definitely don't think the run of bad luck is on him. Uh, in the Serie A, you have an interesting game between AC Milan and Atalanta. The big question is, you know, we saw Inter Milan beat Juventus. You know, they have established themselves with that win. I, I mean, they had already established themselves a little bit. But really with that win as the main competitor against AC Milan, it's a big win. So now the question is, where will Milan drop points for Inter to get back, like, really level with them? 
And I think this could be a game. You know, Atalanta not had the best season, but we know them. Luis Muriel's having the season of his life. They are a good offensive team. They can beat anyone on their good day. And Milan is not like a team that dominates. You know, they're a team that wins. So I think Atalanta will will be able to score goals against them and I can grab three points. And if they can, you know, Inter Milan all of a sudden sees their door kind of swing open in terms of getting there. And I think for AC Milan, it's vital that they have that gap against Inter Milan because I think as soon as it becomes close, I think it's Inter Milan's title for the winning. Like, I really do. They're the more talented team. They're the better coach team. So I think AC Milan needs to hold that gap as long as possible uh, and afford themselves a three-point something so that when they play Inter Milan, which they will eventually lose, you know, I think, I it, it's going to be important that they have that gap. So can Atalanta beat them this weekend? We shall see. But yeah, some exciting games going on. Mostly FA Cup is what I'm looking at this weekend. There's other leagues going on, but everybody's kind of playing teams that you expect to win. Uh, La Liga, you know, you kind of have... Uh, Real Madrid's playing Alaves, and you're like, are, are they going to win against Alaves? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they lost in the in the Copa recently too. I, I just who knows are, anymore? Who knows? I don't trust any Spanish team except for Atletico Madrid. That's it. That's really it. I trust their one zero victories till I die. Till I die. But yeah, exciting soccer games as always. Always fun to look across the leagues, and that is the news from across the pond. Cross the pond. Yeah, I, I completely agree to you about the Serie A. It, it reminds me a lot of the Premier League and, and you know, Milan and, and Manchester. Like, I think, I think all of us know that Inter is better than AC and that City is better than United. Like, they just are right now. So I think if, if any sort of gap that United and that AC Milan can get over the other one, I think is huge because in the long run or head-to-head, I we know who's the better team, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's just going to be the it for yeah. There I think we do know who's the more talented team, but the more talented team doesn't always win the title. That's what I'll say. They don't Very always true. win the title. So, I think both they don't those play, they don't play the games on paper. No, they don't. They play them in the in the in the trenches. In in real life. In real life. Oh, <laughs> not God. on not on paper. They play it off the paper. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh that's the kind of just groundbreaking stuff we bring here at Two Beers, Please. All right, Jan, let's talk about probably the biggest thing going on this weekend. I, di- I did mention the main fight. We're going to talk about the uh, the two main fights from this weekend. It's it's two lightweight bouts at UFC 257 that we're focusing on here. You know, Khabib, of course, has said he's retired. But the fact is, he's still retaining the lightweight belt. Like we, We've seen guys retire before, and then immediately the belt becomes vacant. Khabib is still the belt holder. Now, that might have to do more with Dana White wanting him to come back and fight again, but I think there's still a good chance that Khabib comes and fights. But even if he doesn't, there does need to be a new king of the lightweight division, and both of these fights present an opportunity for who that new king may be. Uh, The first fight is, is Dan Hooker against Michael Chandler. A very interesting fight here because this is Chandler's first fight in the UFC. Uh, He's an ex-wrestler, great grappling. His last two fights actually, though, ended with first-round knockouts, so you know he's got the power. Hooker, a much different sort of fighter, trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, background in kickboxing. So I always love seeing a fight like this where there's the different opposing styles because it's really going to come down to which fighter's able to make his style be how they're going to fight. No discredit to Bellator, but I do think the UFC is just a, a better, you know, 
league, if that's for lack of a better word, um, when it comes to fighting. So I, I do lean Hooker. I think Hooker's going to get the win here because of his experience in the UFC. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great fight. And like I said, it's going to which team or which fighter will be able to dictate how this fight goes is, is going to determine where it goes. But I'm going to go with Hooker. Who, who do you like in that first lightweight uh, battle? Right. I mean, I, I also kind of highlighted on here when I was thinking about it, you know, the different styles and like who can adopt, who can enforce their own style will definitely be like the winner of this matchup. My thing is, I think Dan Hooker is a bad matchup for Chandler. I really do. Chandler has that wide stance, and Hooker, you mentioned it, has that kickboxing background. He's a ferocious kicker, and I think that Chandler really is exposed to that, you know, especially in, like, the calf area. I can just see Dan Hooker kicking him until he dies, like, truthfully. So I, I, I think that it's a bad matchup for Chandler, and for that reason. Also, I love Dan Hooker. I absolutely love Dan Same. Hooker. So, so I, I, I'm going to go with Dan Hooker as well. I think Chandler is not going to be an easy out by any means, but I just think at the end of the day, through through a couple rounds, it's a bad matchup for him. Yeah, I agree. I hope. I mean, I hope Chandler has a great fight. I think it's awesome that he's too, you know, yeah. making his way over here to the UFC. He's been a terrific fighter over there at Bellator, so it's exciting for him to to join the UFC. But I completely agree. It's just it's just a tough a tough matchup. And Dan Hooker's a great fighter. He's he rules. Uh, all right, now the main card. I kind of already teased who I'm picking in this one, so I'll let you go first. Breaking this one down, it's Dustin Diamond Poirier against Conor McGregor. Who do you, uh, what are you seeing from this fight, and who do you think is going to win, Jan? Yeah, I don't know. I here's the thing: there's so much up in the air. You know, we saw these two fight, obviously, and and off of that, I think that's where the betting's going off of is that we've seen them before. But there's so much up in the air still. Dustin Poirier is not the same fighter that he was that first fight, and Completely Conor McGregor. Different. It's also not the same fighter. So I, I, I really don't know. I really I, I, I struggle to pick in this one. I think it really all depends if Connor can get it done in the first two rounds like we are, we're accustomed to seeing. You know, I think if he goes beyond that, I think Poirier's, you know, improved fighting will get the best of him. Here's the thing. I think for Poirier to win this one, I think he would have needed to improve a lot in his wrestling and his kicking because I think those are two big weaknesses in Connor's game is defending those. Uh, and, and in those areas, I don't think Dustin Poirier has, has made huge strides. I think he's gotten better, but I don't know if he's made the huge strides, strides needed to flip the script. Um, for that reason, I'm going to go with Conor McGregor just slightly. But again, I, I have no confidence in that pick. I'm picking because you, you asked me to pick, but I, I fully, here's what I say. I want, because I'm forced to pick. Yeah. I want Dustin Poirier to win. And I think that's where like my heart sets, but I think because I look at Connor's game, and again, I, I'm all about matchups in the UFC, right? So I, I look at Connor's game, and I just don't think Dustin taps into the matchup problems for Connor enough for me to think that he can win this one. See, I see. I think he does. I, th- I think his grappling ability is because that is how you beat Connor McGregor. Mag- McGregor, can you, I mean, you grapple with him that he he really can't do much. The guy basically just wants to be able to throw as much hands as you can. I said last episode, I have no issue with how Conor McGregor plays the part of showman. It's how you dominate the sport. I mean, anytime ESPN has brought up the fight, they've referred to it as a McGregor fight. They they barely even mention that Dustin Poirier is there. Uh, my brother, who is a massive USC fan, has said for as long as I can remember that Vegas is horrible at making betting lines for the UFC because they don't really know that much about it. And I think even like DraftKings is offering a lot of bets on Conor McGregor. Because I think they think he's going to lose. 
I think they're trying to get as just people's money as they can. It's you know you're, it's always tough when there's a rematch of a fight not to think of the last fight, but I think the last fight is is basically a moot point between these two. It was six years ago. It was in the flyweight division. It wasn't even in this division. So I think the the up in the uh, you know going up in the weight is going to help Poirier a lot, particularly with the grappling. Um, or the, sorry, not the flyweight, the featherweight division. Pardon me. God, that would be that would be a hell of a, a <laughs> weight jump from the flyweight to leatherweight. Uh, no, featherweight to lightweight. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think the, the, the jump in the weight's going to help Poirier a lot. I think he has gotten significantly better as a grappler, which is going to be the difference. He's going to be able to wear Connor down. We know how much that affects him. And also, I mean, you look at Poirier's recent wins, his only loss recently was to Khabib, a guy who does not lose, but his recent wins include the aforementioned hooker, Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje. I go Poirier all the way. I think it's going to go the distance. I, I don't see Poirier knocking Connor out, but I think. I think Poirier is a much co- more confident and a much better fighter now, and I, I think he he grapples with Connor and just frustrates him the whole time. And we know Connor's not a great fighter once he starts getting frustrated. Right, that's true. I yeah, I mean, you it's man, gonna be a great looks, fight. I mean, it's gonna like, be a great fight. Yeah, the line Absolutely. is ridiculous to me though because it feels oh, like so such bad. a it feels like such a toss up. I literally, I was like, I can't believe that this is any more than like minus like 90 honestly like come on like for me what is it like at minus 230 or something i mean it's ridiculous i think, I think connor i think connor's minus 310 poirier's plus 260 oh 265 yeah like it's and for reference hooker is minus 140 chandler's plus 120 yeah and that matchup is so much yeah i that's my thing. A lot of that like, too. One, one more thing on that. A lot of that too might be because people know Conor McGregor so much that so much of the money goes to Conor. So then, of course, that's going to make his odds, you know, grow more because Vegas doesn't want to lose a shit ton of money or what have you. But it's still insane, right? Yeah, I and you look at that list of people Dustin Poirier's beaten. I mean, we talked about Max Holloway last week. Bad it's, list, man. It's a bad, bad list. So, I hey, I would love nothing more. I, I have nothing against Conor McGregor. At the same point, I would love nothing more than to watch him get his ass kicked. So, uh, <laughs> That's part of the reason he's the best showman. Because people love to watch him win, but people love to watch him lose. And, like, that... That is what it takes to become as big as he is. And, and you, uh, you can't knock him for that. He certainly has that fucking down. Yeah, he does. It'll be fun. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for this one. It's uh like you said, you mentioned it last episode, I think. It's been it's been a little slow in the UFC the, the last couple of months after we had, you know, insane card after insane card, but we're we're getting back into uh some real fun fights and it should be a blast on Saturday. Once Saturday is done, it's all about football. My my stomach is turning. I'm so excited. We're going to kick their ass, but I'm also horrified because it's the NFC Championship game. We got the AFC Championship. We got the NFC Championship. Jan, why don't you break down the AFC Championship for us, and then we'll we'll make our picks for that game. Yeah, where where are the where where do the picks stand? We're we're even, right? We're even money. Five and five. Oh my gosh. We went, okay. we went three. We went three and three in the wild card. Both of us went three and three during the wild card weekend. Both of us went two and two during the divisional round. So I can only assume we'll both go one and one, and then probably right. both get the Super Bowl right. Right there, you go. Um, I mean, hopefully. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs are playing the AFC Championship game. And and this one, really hard to say what's going to happen. The Chiefs are currently favored by three. Uh, 
The Bills obviously got there snuffing the Ravens 17 to 3. Chiefs survived the Browns 22 to 17 after Mahomes went out with a concussion. Uh, Mahomes will play, it looks like, but more concerning than the concussion, there's apparently a leg injury, which, you know, begs the question will he be able to make those run plays that make him that much more dangerous, that make Josh Allen on the other side dangerous, you know, because if he's if he's trying to protect that, it it does kind of take away a part of his game, which is really important to keep up with with the Bills offense. Um Another matchup problem I see, you know, can KC's defense shut out Stephon Diggs? I mean, we saw Ravens defense, who's much better than the KC defense, try to do it, and they didn't. They didn't. They let him have eight catches for 100 yards because they just put Stephon Diggs wherever they want to, and he does what he needs to. And so it's going to be hard. I think if Mahomes is not very limited, then the Chiefs will win. You know, I think... At the end of the day, Stephon Diggs getting 100 yards and a touchdown doesn't compare to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both getting 100 yards and a touchdown. That's just like, you know, there's too many weapons on the Chiefs' side for that. Uh, I really think, though, and like both of these teams, what, what boggles my mind is that they're doing more than they need to. Both of them have abandoned the running game, absolutely abandoned it. And and the Bills have Devin Singletary, who is not at all a bad running back, so there's no reason to have abandoned the running game. You know, granted, and, I, and, and I'm not talking the quarterback's run, so obviously that's a factor. But I'm talking about, like, dictating the traditional play. Traditional running game, yeah, for sure. Right, which I think is going to be important this game because you know what the Chiefs want to do? They want to win, right? But more than wanting to win, they want to keep Josh Allen off the field. And the same with the Bills. They want to keep Mahomes off the field. And so how do you do that? The running game. So I think if the Bills can use Devin Singletary a little more effectively, granted, obviously, if it's not working, you change the script. And if the Chiefs can use Damien Williams, who's also a decent running back, more effectively, then I think that player might have that team might have the X factor to win the game. But right now, the Chiefs remind me of the Patriots that beat them in an, in the AFC Championship game those years ago. Right. Are they strong? Absolutely. Are they the hottest team in this game? No, the Bills are. The Bills are the hottest team. But will it matter, Matt? No. Chiefs are going to get the win just barely. They cover the three-point spread with a four-point victory. Josh Allen continues to establish himself as a top-five quarterback by going toe-to-toe with the MVP. But at the end of the day, Mahomes has too many weapons. And even with a little bit of a leg injury, he finds a way to get it done. It's it's a game that I'm so, so excited about. It's weird because like last year, if you would have said Bills, Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, you'd be like, well... You're about to get destroyed, Bills. Like, see ya. But, it, you know, it's a testament to how far this team has come, even just throughout this year. I picked the Bills in our bracket to make the Super Bowl, so I think I have to pick the Bills here. You know, I, I think Mahomes is going to be okay, but his health does worry me a little bit. But even if he's totally healthy, I think the Bills can win this game. I think the Bills are that good that they can play with the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, their defense looked a little better against the Baltimore Ravens, albeit, you know, the Ravens are far more of a rushing team than the the Chiefs are. So not not really comparable, but it, it was a little better of a defensive um, performance by the Bills. And, you know, I I think it's start time to give some love to the other weapons that the Bills have. I mean, Stephon Diggs is incredible, but Cole Beasley, just short of a 1,000-yard season this year. Him and Diggs combined for the second most receiving yards in the league, only behind Kelsey and Hill. So, like, Cole Beasley does not get nearly enough love. John Brown, finally healthy. And, you know, Stephon Diggs, kind of helps dictate that passing offense, but eight different guys for the Bills have caught multiple touchdowns this year. Like Josh Allen is able to to find other guys and, and move it around. And I think he I think he's really arrived. So I'm going Bills 38-35. Oh boy. That's um well Matthew, I I hope we both go one and one and I hope it's in your favor. So go on to your game, buddy. 
<laughs> it's on to the NFC game. It's the Packers. It's the Buccaneers. This game is already it's already over. The Packers are gonna win. The Buccaneers suck. You know, it's funny though, you mentioned the running game. Out of all four of these teams, the Packers are the only team that runs the ball. Yeah. None of the other three give a shit about running the ball. Uh, the quarterbacks, you know, in this game are of course going to get the headlines, which is always gonna be the case when you have the greatest of all time going up against Tom Brady. Uh, and yes, I do believe Rodgers is better. I will stand by that a hundred percent every single day of my life. Packers defense, though, you know, their one weakness is the running game. And that's something Tampa doesn't do extremely well. And and after handling, you know, the Rams, I know the Bucks defense is, is good uh, and a little bit of a different defense than the Rams, but the Rams defense is the best team defense in the league. And the Packers really handled them without a lot of trouble, which has to give this offense just a ton of confidence. They're going to be at home. I think Brady's going to keep his team in it because that's what Tom Brady does. But I think the pack pull away late, and I got Green Bay winning this one 34-24 and going back to the Super Bowl. God, I hope I'm fucking right, please. I hope you're right too, buddy. Um, I I think that it's going to be a close game. What's the line right now? Three and a half for the Packers. Right, yeah. It's going to be close like that. I do think so. I Here's my thing. Your Packers have a great running game. The Bucks have 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 not the best running defense, I would say. So I think that's going to keep them uh, in it mostly, uh, you know, from the start. And then you have Devontae Adams. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have every reason to win this game. There's one problem, and his name is Tom Brady. You don't bet against Tom Brady this late in the playoffs. You just don't. And I think I think that he is not the best team. Maybe if he had Bill Belichick. Maybe, but I, I, I don't think he's the best team in this game, but he's had so many teams where he hasn't been the best team in this game. Now, granted, Bruce Arians is going to need to do one thing in this game. He's got Leonard Fournette. He needs to run Leonard Fournette into that Green Bay defense. If he can do that, I think this game becomes a different game. But you're right. We haven't seen him do that yet. So it's really going to be a shootout between them. Uh, you know, I, I kind of lean towards more weapons for the Bucks a little bit in, in the throwing game. Granted, Rodgers makes great, great strides without needing more weapons. So I'm not no, saying that. No he, Antonio Brown. No Antonio Brown, granted, but he's still got Mike Evans. He's still got Chris Godwin. He's still got Scotty Miller. He, I, you know, he's still got Gronkowski, which I know Gronkowski is not Gronkowski of old, but Gronkowski's do a touchdown in this game. I'm seeing it already, you know? So I think, I think it's going to be close. I think there will be less scoring than you expect. I don't think it's going to be like a 30-something, 30-something. I really, I for whatever reason, I'm expecting like 23-20. I really do. I think that it's going to be a close one between two greats who will try to play chess against each other. I just, there is a reason Brady is even in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers for the greatest of time. Because here's what I'll say. Better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt. Without any shade of a doubt, Aaron Rodgers. Damn right. But greatest of all time, there's a reason Brady's in that conversation, and it's for situations like this Sunday. And so I I am going Because he, he had the best head coach of all time, and now he's we'll got see. Bruce Arians. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see, man. This game decides a lot. This game decides so much. Because if, he, if you're right, if the Packers beat them by 10 – and they knock out of this game, then that's what it was. He had a good team, but they could only go so far because he didn't have Bill Belichick. That's like that's what this game is. If Tom Brady can go into Lambeau and beat the Green Bay Packers, 
then that's the that, oh, that, that's yeah. Like, like the storyline's there for Tom Brady to like make the statement of like I am the greatest thing that's ever played football. The 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 thing with and the thing with the the conversation of football greatest of all time is it's it's a stupid conversation right. because half the time he won't even be on the field. Right, he can't exactly. do anything to stop Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think the Bucks will either. The first game when the Bucks won, the Packers were up ten zero, and then Aaron Rodgers somehow threw basically two pick six, and it went down from there. That's not going to happen again. And that game was in Tampa. I I know the cold won't affect Brady. Certainly not. I mean, he yeah. played 20 years in Boston, played in Michigan. But I do think it'll affect the other guys on that team. And, uh, hell, any, you, you can take Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. I, I don't give a shit. Every weapon they got, I'll take Devontae Adams over all of them combined any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me, it's less of a choice of who's the better team and more of a choice of, I, I didn't think Brady would get I, – I, I thought Brady would go out before this game. So when Brady gets the championship games, it becomes very hard to bet against him. So, like I said, I hope we both go one and one. I hope you get this game right and the other game wrong. And uh, otherwise, we might not be having a good conversation next week. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Tom Brady's that good in championship games. Maybe if it was the Super Bowl, I wouldn't bet against him. But he's he's got a decent amount of losses in in the championship games. So, and he yeah, he doesn't I mean, he doesn't play many championship games on the road. So uh, that's, that's true. That's true. I I I here's what to say. Packers I think you're better. equating a lot of things for Brady that aren't there this time. As I suppose is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think a lot of the things that you're like kind of giving him credit for aren't aren't even like a part of this game. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to win at Lambeau. Like I said, I, I think the Packers are the better team. My 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 brain wants to vote for them, but having been a Patriots fan for so long in so many games where we should have lost, I I have to go with I you don't bet you don't bet when? against Tom Brady. When were the Patriots ever supposed to lose? We should have lost that AFC Championship game I just talked about to the Chiefs. We should have lost that Falcons game. We should have lost. I mean, come on, we should have lost that Rams game too, scoring what thirteen points. My God. Like no, have, right, right, those are that's so, that's so far different. Like going into all those games, we all thought the Patriots were going to win. Like, yeah, once the game started, things got differently. But you cannot tell me you thought the Patriots were going to lose to the Falcons or the Rams. I maybe the Chiefs. Thought- I'll give you the Chiefs. But there was not a sports a biased sports fan. That might be you being a fan, being like, "Oh, we're going to lose because that's what we as fans do." Like I, I've told myself, we we're going to lose to the Buccaneers fifteen times this year. But from an unbiased point of view, there's never a time that you're like, oh, the Patriots are going to lose. The Patriots have been favored in every goddamn game the last 20 years, Yannick. Come on. We might we might have been favored. The Falcons game, I absolutely thought we were going to lose because Matt Ryan was coming off an MVP year and he had Julio Jones. And that's why they were up is because they were the better team for most of that game. So that that game, I was I think I could have been – I'm very happy to say I thought we were going to lose that game. That's a very clear statement. Because he was well, MVP, I, Matt but I'm Ryan. saying you're. But I'm saying you're. are wrong, though. Like I, anybody looking at that game was like the pa- the Patriots are going to win. I think, like I said, I think that's you being a fan and saying yeah. I'm terrified of what we're going up against. We're going to lose. But like there was not a person who wasn't a Falcons or a Patriots fan that thought Atlanta was going to win that game. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe I've got some blind. I've got some Brady Brady blinders on. Maybe that's what Brady. it is. Some Brady blinders. Uh, maybe that's I mean, after it. after all the success he had, I, I certainly give you the the benefit of the doubt on having the Brady blinders. It's uh, it's something he's earned too. Yeah, it's something he's earned too. The fact that I can even just like pick the Bucks to win this game based on that feeling, 
you know, I think he's, I think as much as it's not like, like I said, my brain wants to go with the Packers. I have the Packers going to the Super Bowl and winning in my bracket. So I, I just, I woke up this morning and had something, a feeling in the pit of my stomach. And sometimes you got to go with it. Sometimes you got to go with it. <laughs> that feeling was you being wrong, Yannick. There you go. I hope so, man. Like gonna I, said, I, I hope we go one and one, man. I really do. I really, really I'm do. Going, I'm going two and oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm, and then my bracket's going to be perfectly right. I haven't missed in the NFC side, so psh, Packers got this in the bag. There you go, bud. It's going to be a fun one to watch, though. This Sunday is going to be amazing. I That's cannot the wait. Butter, buddy. He's he's falling back into it, guys. I'm falling back into it. You came at me, and now I'm 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 defaulting. I'm defaulting. I'm not seven my- years old, Yannick. <laughs> I'm older than you. Oh my gosh, no, but it's going to be fun, and and I have Sunday off, so that's all I'll be doing. Oh, I'm going. To, I'm glad, like I like last week. I'm glad that we're the first game because, like last year, I remember we were the later game in the NFC Championship game. So, like all day, I was just like, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know what's going to happen. And of course, we got our asses whipped. Where at least now I can, I got the early game and I can get it done with, and hopefully, hopefully celebrate while I watch the AFC Championship game. Otherwise, I might not watch the AFC. There's a good chance I won't watch the AFC Championship game. Fair. Why would you? Why would it matter? It's like <laughs> I, when the I when the Seahawks watch. when the Seahawks came back to beat the Packers in what was it 2015? It was whatever year you guys beat the Seahawks. I was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Like, I'm way too heartbroken. I can't. I can't watch it. I ended up watching it, and it was one of the few days I was a huge Patriots fan. Malcolm Butler, favorite player of all time. Ooh, yeah, I love that play. It was the best play. That that's a game we should have lost. <laughs> I mean, in the game. I mean, you know, before the game. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No. 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 It'll be it'll be fun to watch. And and I two great games. Two great games. And you're gonna have a young really guy. Are. You're gonna have a young guy going against a veteran, no matter the situation. I think that's gonna be so much fun. I would love to see Mahomes Rodgers. I think those are the two best quarterbacks in the game right now. I would love to see that. Josh Allen's almost there. Tom Brady accomplishment wise is the go- is the goat, but like Rodgers, you know, in terms of skill, the best quarterback of all time and Mahomes on his way there. So I would love to see that. I would love They're very to see they're that. very similar quarterbacks too, like the way they play yeah. and, and and just the way they're able to impact the game. It's it's probably the best like championship weekend we've had in a while. I don't think I've ever been so excited Agreed. for for both games. Like I feel like normally there's like at least one that you're like, oh, that's gonna be a great game. Anybody can win. And then there's like another game where you're like, that that team's gonna win. Like we we know who's gonna win this game. But right, this, I mean this one like if it becomes if it's Bucks Chiefs, Bucks Bills, any variation of, of these of these games, I don't think anyone would be all that surprised. And I think they're it's gonna be an entertaining Super Bowl no matter what we get. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree, and I think, like, think about it. Josh Allen knocking off Mahomes, like, to go to the Super Bowl. You think about Mahomes, can he do it twice in a row against a veteran quarterback? You think about Brady, can he do it again after beating Rodgers? Or you think about Rodgers, the season after they draft Jordan Love, he goes to the Super Bowl, can he win it? Like, there's storylines everywhere, and I love it, no matter what happens. I I had one of of my friends is uh, is convinced that because of the passing of Ted Thompson that it's the Packers' year. And I'm like, I don't even want to start buying into that storyline because then if it doesn't happen, I'll be even more heartbroken. So I, I, I'll say that once it's done and with, over with, then I'll, then I'll believe that storyline. But right now, I can't give myself that sort of hope. 
Right. I, you know, the one thing I'll say is Tom Brady has something to prove, but Aaron Rodgers, he's having fun. And when Aaron Rodgers is having fun, yikes, you don't want to go against that. Did you see him? I, in and that? I think Rodgers has something to prove. He definitely does. No, no, no. He definitely you know? does. Sorry. He definitely no, does. No, no. I, I, know, I, know I know you weren't saying he doesn't, but, I, but I'm like, uh, but I think it's, I think it's there for him too. Maybe even more so than, than Brady. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that, that's definitely an interesting debate to have who has more to lose. Uh, you know, cause like I said, I think Brady, if he loses his game, he does lose that conversation because the thing Belichick did, you're right, is he won Super Bowls. He didn't just have a good team. You know, he won Super Bowls. So can Brady do that without him? That's the big question. Uh, and we will see, we will see my friend. Absolutely. It should be, it should be a great weekend of, of football, of basketball, of UFC, uh, absolutely packed full if a cup ties that'll be going down. So an absolutely packed weekend of sports. I, uh, Oh, I'm, my stomach's just, it's turning and turning. I want it, I want it to be Sunday to actually, no, I just want it to be like Monday already and just have dealt with it, but should be a fun, fun weekend. It's been a great episode. Yannick, it's time to cool down. Oh, uh, yeah. Putting on the jacket. <laughs> All righty. Nice. Uh, first first cool down topic of the day, Yannick. I want you to give me a TV show that you've been loving and, and watching a lot of. It can be a new one. It can just be something that you kind of got on repeat. It can be anything. Just, just a TV show you've been watching recently you're enjoying. And then also give me one that you've been meaning to watch or, or wanting to watch a lot. Right. Well, I'll start with the wanting to watch because you've mentioned it before and I'm so mad at myself that I haven't watched it yet, but I have yet to see the crown and I need to see the crown. My I just God. finished it. I, I'm so, I know so many of my friends have finished it and I'm like, why haven't I started this yet? I don't know why. I, so that's when I've been dying to start. So I will start soon. Uh, the one I'm currently on, it's a French TV show on Netflix. It's called Lupin and it's, it's basically, that's it's, my dying to watch. Yes. Oh my God, Matt. It's so good. It's so good. It follows this. I'm not, I, well, I don't want to give anything away, but no, basically I, mean, I, know, I know the storyline. The guy's like out for revenge. He's inspired right. by Arsene Lupin uh, and all that. Omar Sy is such a good actor. Have you ever, have oh, you ever seen the untouchables? Yes. Yeah, I have. I it's, love that movie. It's, it's such a good show so far. I've got two episodes left. I have no idea how it's going to end. It's like, Oh, and the cool stuff that he does because Lupin is basically like this trickster thief, right? And the cool things that he does to get away with like his revenge plots. Oh my God. It's like so sick. Oh, it's so fun. To, I love deception shows. So I'm. it's such a good show. Uh, Matt needs to watch it. I need to finish it. And those are the two shows I've got for you. Yeah, that is, that's my literally dying to watch one. It's like, it, it's kind of got like a little bit of a comedic feel to it too, doesn't it? I've heard a it's like bit. there's like some comedy bit. to it with the mystery thriller. Uh, I also always love like a good revenge tale. So I think it's it's cool to be like, I'm going to use this, you know, master of disguise slash thief sort of persona instead of because we're so used to the revenge tale of like taken where it's like, I'm just going to go kill everybody. So to kind of have it be a little more creative in that way, I, I can't wait to watch it. And, and as I said, Omar Sy is is my boy. If you haven't watched The Untouchables, there's there's the American remake of it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's with like Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. It doesn't touch the original, but it's uh, about a wealthy quadriplegic and, and the friendship he kind of forms with this oh, caretaker yeah. who's played by Omar Sy. Yeah, no, I know you have. I mean, I'm saying out to the, the ether, to the audience. Um, so yeah, go watch The Untouchables if you haven't all. 
Uh, the show that I've been watching, I've, I wanted to say some great dramatic show. I know, I mean, I could talk about The Crown again because I just finished season four. But I've been watching a lot of American Dad recently. And <laughs> I, I love that show. I, it's hilarious. It's so much better than Family Guy now where Seth MacFarlane just gets on his liberal soapbox and tells us all how smart he is and how much better he is than us. Like, we get it, dude. Uh, it's just like that super, like that stupid cartoon humor that's just like enjoyable to watch to just put on and just laugh at like the dumbass shit that is said and happens on that show. So yeah, American Dad is what I've been watching a lot of. Hey, I'm own that shit, own that shit. I damn it's right. Such a, it's a, I agree, such a good show, and I agree. I, uh, Seth MacFarlane just go on a political TV show already. My God. Him and, him and Bill Maher, I'm just like, this is why nobody likes liberals, because you guys are so smug and are douchebags. Like, right. we get it. We, we, we get it. You, you think your shit don't stink. Congrats. Go go away now. Yeah, All right, rub each other. Yannick, I got another would you rather for you. Yeah, let's this go. This one is, would you rather go 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future? Oh, God. Um hundred years in the past or hundred years in the future. Yeah, because we're at the point where I don't know what a hundred years in the future is gonna be. Like it might be a wasteland. Uh no, I, it's gonna be dope. Come on, you can you can stop doing that whole Trump's out of presidency, you can stop doing the liberal thing of ah oh, the world's gonna burn. The environment is Liberal, still liberals are so down. fucking dramatic. The environment's still burning as we speak, so I don't know about that. But I I that's what I'm worried about. It's less politics, it's more environment wise, like what what our you know world is we don't know like. what the earth's gonna do yeah that's true but we're not helping it um there's, here's what i I'll know say. but there's no proof it's uh, i mean i'm look i i am all for conservation and economic um you know making or economic e- ecological improvements and making our earth better but the fact of the matter is people can say the earth's going to end in 25 years they don't fucking know that like that's yeah. the part of science that's that's why it's called theories so yeah for this okay. take Quit your wasteland liberal drama- dramatization and answer the question as if it was a cool 100 years in the future. Okay. Well, then definitely – here's what I'll say. I wouldn't want to go 100 years in the past because I – like – I no, you know what? I, I am going to go 100 years Maybe in the past. The past. Roaring 20s. I, I'm going to go 100 years in the past because I think I, – I think just like – even if it was for bad reasons, I think a simpler time when people were just having fucking fun, no matter what the consequences were. And I think it would be so nice to live in that bliss. You know what I mean? To just be like, I'm spending money. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Right. I just think that it'd be great. So, I, and you're right. Roaring 20s now and, and just the, the bougie economics of that you know, before the great depression, I, I would love to enjoy that. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a hundred years in the past. Uh, that's what I would rather. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's why it's a tough one now. I like, depending on when you would say, like if I said 150 years, I'd probably be like, I don't know, 1870. I'd, I'd probably pass, but like the roaring twenties would be fun as hell. It just would yeah. like people partying and just enjoying life and shit. And like, obviously there were other bad things going on. I think, actually, I think the teapot dome scandal already happened so we're past that um but it would be a blast but i think i I gotta go future just because of the unknown aspect about it you know like i know i would know what i would get from the roaring 20s and it'd be awesome and i might you know 
I might be find a wasteland, but I think uh, not knowing what lies a hundred years in the future, I'd have I'd have to take that one. But I certainly wouldn't mind hanging out in the Roaring Twenties. Oh, all the dope suits I would wear. All the dope suits. Yeah, I would wear. Oh, I'd go live so in pa- I'd go live in Paris like an expat. Yeah, there you go. And I would avoid the shit that's killing everybody, just like very discreetly. I'd be like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this, but I'll do everything else. <laughs> Like, hey, can I some uh, cocaine for my injury here? And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah and this shit out like candy. Uh, Need some meth see, while you're at it? <laughs> like, oh, probably not, but yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, it's the twenties. You're my phys- you're my physician, so if you recommend it, you know best. Lead? Yeah, Anybody exactly. want lead in the wound? Maybe <laughs> just straight lead. Oh my god! Watch out for some mercury poison. All right, would you rather's over? The TV show's over. Now, Yannick, it's time to get in the hot seat for the quick fire questions. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> that, that can be your sound effect when I do the, the cool down sound effect. That's, uh, man. There you go. <laughs> we, are, we are a creative team here at Two Beers, Please. All right, first one for you, Yann. Where will Matt Stafford be playing quarterback next year? The Indianapolis Colts. I fully believe it. I fully believe it. The Colts have a good organization. They have a good team. They got some good wide receivers. I think they'll get some more. And I think, you know, Phillip Rivers is kind of like a poor man's Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is still a great player. I think the Lions organization has just betrayed him in every way possible. I think he's got still some good things to do. And I would love to see him play with that Colts team. I think he could take them to the playoffs. And and the sky's the limit with him, you know. And I love Michael Pittman Jr. with him as well. I agree. Yeah, I think I think that's far more likely than them trying to get, you know, even just because of their draft like area, it, it might be tough to get a young quarterback and, and a guy. I mean, you know, we took we mentioned or I mentioned Deshaun Watson there, but like, are they really going to trade him to a divisional rival? Probably not. So I completely agree. You know what I always forget about Matt Stafford too? He's thirty two years old. Like he's, it's not like he's really in the twilight of his career. Like he still has several good years of, of playing quarterback. Right. I mean, if you're talking Brady years, he's got a decade left. Yeah. <laughs> he's just getting started. Just, he hasn't barely played. Just warming up. He's got three more Super Bowls to win. Oh my God. All righty. Next question. If the Nets win the title, will it be with a big three or a big two? Presumably or foreseeably with Harden and Durant. And you're not talking about this year. You're talking about in general. Just, just yeah. When it, when it would happen, would it be with a big three or with, you know, a Harden-Durant partnership instead? I don't think it's going to happen this year. And so because of that, I'm going to say a big two. I, I just think, I think Harden and Durant have shown that they're more clinical than Kyrie and I think that after this year the Nets are going to have to make a couple changes and they're going to have to lose somebody and I think they're going to want to lose Kyrie for that pick like I said trade Kyrie for a defensive player it it helps both teams uh you have a defensive whatever you know whatever you can get from that uh trade uh but they they they're missing a couple pieces still and Kyrie is not what makes that team strong it's the other two you know, he helps out. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. But I think they don't need him to win, but they do need some other things to win. So I think big two, Durant Harden. I agree. I mean, I, I love Kyrie Irving, but like you could argue, argue that Harden and Durant are are two of the top five, two of the top three players in the NBA, I think. Right. Kyrie's yeah. not quite to that level. So I, I agree with you where it's like, 
what Kyrie brings to the table, they don't necessarily need. And I also wonder, and, and you know, it's a, it's a one game thing with the Cavaliers, I know, but I think Kyrie shot 28 times. I think Harden shot 14 times. Like Harden and Durant, I think they know how to play with stars a little bit better and, and like how to fit better. And I'm not sure Kyrie still does. Right. Much credit, as much crap as we gave him, he did buy a house for George Floyd's family. We haven't mentioned that yet on the on the uh, on the podcast, and we do want to give him some love for that. The guy is the guy is a very confusing person at time, but but I think it is you know his heart is certainly in the right place. Um, but basketball wise, it's just like I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure your basketball maturity is there. Right. I honestly, I yeah, I don't. I mean, he played for the Celtics, and he was scoring forty piece points a game, and we still weren't winning everything. You know, like I I think that. You know, he's a good player. I just think he needs the right person to play with. And I don't think that's Durant and Harden. You know, I think. But like at the same time, I don't know who it would be with then if not Durant and Harden. It, 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 Maybe no star. I mean, when you get it, when you get to play with the greatest player of all time, arguably, and you're like, eh, I don't really like this. Where, yeah, where's that, your head at, dude? Go to the Orlando Magic. I'd love him and Vucevic. That'd be good. I would love that. Hey, my boy Cole Anthony got a buzzer beater the other night. Did you see I that? I saw that. Baller. Fall, falling it's away is the truest word of the sense. Like, just truly was falling. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I love how many times the NBA, too, and they're like, especially regular season games, if they're down two, they're just like, no, nah, we're going to go for the three. Like, we're going to go for the win. Like, what? Why go for a two and go to overtime? Let's, let's get this dub. All right, last question for you, Yannick. How many quarterbacks go in the first round of this year's draft? How many quarterbacks? Oh my gosh! All right, let me let me do some math here really quick. Um, so Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson, um, Mac. I think Mac. I'm gonna say Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna say maybe one more. I'm not sure where that one would go. I'm gonna say six. Six quarterbacks. I, like I think it. they. Yeah. I, there's just so many teams that have questions. I think it'll at least. I think it'll at least be five. Like I, I, everyone you listed there, I, I completely agree with. I think they're all going in the first round because just two because of how like important the quarterback position is. Like if you're like if you can get one, yeah, I think there's a good chance we see three in the top ten. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think so for sure. There's so many teams that need a quarterback. All right, Jan, you're off the hot seat. Cool down. Wipe the sweat off your brow. Uh-huh. Get that get that AC pumping again for you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show today and, and uh, enjoyed our work this week. I want you to stay safe. Keep wearing a mask. Keep, uh, you know, stay vigilant with this stuff. Stay warm if you're in cold weather. It was really cold today here, but now it's kind of warming up, so that's nice. Uh, Jan, do you have anything to, to give to the lovely people? Yeah, just uh, on Matt, what Matt was saying, you know, it's a brighter day. Let, let let's Let's start to – be together in happiness and and let's start to look positive people cheers y'all